Good morning, guys. How's it going? Okay. That's good. Um, I have my wife, Katie, up here real quick this morning because we want to do two things. Uh, first off, we want to say thank you so much to everyone for your pastor appreciation gifts. Um, that went, that like was awesome. My love language is gifts because I'm shallow. And so uh, <laughs> that meant a lot to me. And so, yeah, we really felt the love and we really appreciate everything that you guys uh, just gifted us with. That was, that was awesome and a huge blessing. Um, and secondly, we just wanted to have a little fun. And if you haven't seen on via interwebs, internet, uh, Katie is pregnant with our second. So you're going to start to see the baby form from the inside. As I say, if you know Stranger Things, it's still in the upside down. Um, and someday we will all meet baby number two together. Do you have anything to say? Just pray for us because Maisie is quite the opinionated particular child. So might need a little help as we bring the next baby in. Um, we don't know the gender yet, but we'll find out in December sometime, so we'll share that with everybody. And again, just thank you for everything in October, and I mean, not just October, but we just felt really, really blessed that um, Sunday and had a lot of fun then at the harvest party too, right after, that was the following weekend. So just thanks for everything that you guys have done the last couple of weeks, and yeah, all right. All right, you can go sit down. Yeah, go sit down. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where uh, Maisie got her opinionated attitude and her headstrong mind. Not for me at all. Like, that couldn't have been me. Uh, hey, if you don't know me, my name is Brock. If it's your first time here, we're so glad that you came to be a part of us this morning. We hope you feel welcome. Uh, we're a relational church. And so we just want to get to know you. And so we're so glad that you're here. So I'd love to get to know you at the info bar after service. I'll try to beeline it to there um, if you're new. So come shake my hand there. I'd love to get to know you a little bit um, and give you a free mug too. And maybe is that incentive just for me to get to meet you? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'd love to get to know you out there. We are in part 11 of our Bible Stories series. So if you can do math, that's a long time. Um, but I just have loved this series. We've been walking through a bunch of the parables that Jesus told. And if you don't know what a parable is, a parable is a, a teaching method where you tell a fictional story that has kind of deep existential meaning, meaning hidden within it, and you can apply that meaning to your life. So it's just a very simple, illustrative way of teaching. And Jesus often taught in parables. And the awesome thing about Jesus' teaching is it was so brilliant that it was over 2,000 years ago, and we can directly apply it to our lives and to our context in 2019 in Minneapolis. Um, that's the power of the Word of God. And so I just have been really enjoying walking through this series. And we are looking at Luke chapter 12, verse 13. It says this. It's called the parable of the rich fool. Pretty harsh. Uh, someone in the crowd said to him, talking to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? 
Then he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all, and I worked hard on this word, so I hope I'm pronouncing it right, against all covetousness, right? Um, For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. I'm going to read that line one more time. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Your soul, your joy, your happiness is not tied to the abundance or any amount of our possessions. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, I love that too. <laughs> I will say to my soul, soul, you have, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up a treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that we can look for truth and figure out how to follow you and be more like you just by reading about how you lived. We thank you for your wisdom in our lives. Jesus, this morning, I just pray for open hearts, open ears to hear and receive your word, Lord. I pray that we can leave this place with a perspective shift, seeing you clearly and seeing ourselves more clearly, Lord. Lord, I pray for those of us that are stressed and anxious, that this morning would just be a breath, that we could just take a moment and breathe, to be with community, be with one another, and be in your presence, Lord. God, I pray that you sharpen us this morning and that we leave this place more like you than when we walked in. We ask this all in your name. Amen. Amen. I love verse 15. He says, take care and be on your guard. I love how he tells us to be on our guards. It makes me think of hockey. Um, I just started getting into hockey. Uh, I've been watching, I, I love the Packers, so sorry for those of you who that offends. I'm sorry that I root for winning teams. Um, really sorry about that, but I love the Packers. But slowly, and I'm not going to try to rant too much, football, or the NFL at least, has been turning into pretty much flag football. So I'm getting a little bit sick of it. And um, hockey is, seems like more of a, a real man's sport. And so I've been getting into that a little bit, trying to, trying to figure out like how it all works and different players. And the beautiful thing is I like Wisconsin teams for sports, but there isn't really a Wisconsin hockey team. So I've just chosen and designated myself as a Penguins fan. Um, so just did it. I chose it. Uh, the reason, if you're wondering, it was really deep. Uh, you're learning about me if you're new. So 
it gets better, trust me. Um, their, the colors of their mascot and their branding is very similar to Agape's colors. And I did the branding for us, so I really like our colors, and that's why I chose the team. And then it just so happened that they're a really good team, and they have Sidney Crosby, who's like the greatest of all time. So we'll do that. Um, and one last thing, I get to root for Aaron Rodgers and Sidney Crosby. You can be jealous right now. Um, anyway, so I'm watching, I'm watching hockey, and I'm learning the importance, obviously, of the goalie, right? The goalie's there, and he's constantly watching everything that's going on, ready to guard the goal, because if they score then you lose. Could you imagine playing hockey without your goalie? The other team would just be able to automatically always just keep on scoring. And a lot of times we try to play hockey or live our walk with Jesus, if you follow him. Um, we try to walk with Jesus without a goalie. I'm trying to follow Jesus, but I, I don't have my guard up. Jesus tells us in this parable, be on your guard. So that to me says that we need to be intentional. It takes effort to be on our guard. It's not uh, 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 just something that passively happens. It's not something that's natural to us if it's something that we have to intentionally do. He says, be on your guard. Against what? Covetousness. And... I was looking it up, and what, it, what is it to covet? To covet is to want something that someone else has. Not only that, but I like to add, to want something that someone else has with the intent that it's going to satisfy you. That it's going to make you feel better or make your life more complete. Um, that's what coveting is. And for the sake of me not saying covetousness one more time, um, in the NIV, Jesus uses the word greed. He says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed in the NIV. And so I was thinking, when I, when I think of greed, I think of like hoarding or, or holding back. Like when my wife asks for a bite of my pizza, no. You can't have my pizza. Um, Katie just bought Captain Crunch for Maisie to snack on, and I've been eating it just obsessively. It's not good. But she's like, no, you can't have Maisie's Captain Crunch. That to me is greed. You can't have. Uh, coveting is, is uh, <laughs> coveting is, is you can't have what I have and I'm going to take what you have as well. Like, I'm not going to share, and I'm going to take. So I like the meaning and the implications of coveting better, but I'm just going to use the word greed because it's in another translation of the Bible, and it's a lot easier for me to say, and I don't want to say covetousness ever again in my life. Are we all on the same page? Okay, so Jesus says to be on your guard against greed. Um, if you had to be on your guard against something, that to me imposes that um, there's something off. And so I would submit or propose to us this morning that if we have to be on our guard against something, that means our human nature is the opposite. So I would say our human nature then is greed. 
if I have to guard against it by Jesus' command, then it must be natural to me. So I think part of our DNA, part of our human nature, we're in, in the fallen world, thanks, Adam, um, is us having this bend towards greed. Which Jesus says, be on your guard. So what's the very basic, easy solution to, to ridding ourselves of, of greed and a selfish lifestyle? It's to be on your guard against it. But I love how Jesus says against all covetousness or against all kinds of greed. So the guy that came to him said, Jesus, tell my brother to split his inheritance with me. He wanted the money and the possessions. And then Jesus tells a story talking about a guy who had lots of money and possessions but what Jesus said was, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. So I think since he said all, he's not just talking about possessions. He's using it as an example. And so I would say he is talking about possessions. We can be greedy with possessions and our stuff. And I want more. I want a nicer car. I just want a car that runs without, it makes, mine makes this horrible noise. It's the worst. Um, we think I want a nicer car. I want this person's car. If only I could live where they live. If only I had that job. If only I had a 401k. If only this, this, that. And we covet other people's lifestyle based off their possessions and their money. That's one thing Jesus is talking about, to be on your guard against. Other things that we can covet, I think, are our time. I think we can be really greedy, especially right now in 2019. It feels like um, we have less and less time during the day, which is a paradox, because we're having more and more technology, which should make every simple task a lot easier and give us more time. But the paradox of technology is the more technology we have, the more we're glued to our phones. So every stinking second, we're looking down at our phones. So our day is literally filled up staring at a screen. Great use of your time. So no wonder we're greedy with our time, and we, we have someone that's in need. We see someone on the side of the road with a sign and a pizza hut right next door. We could go buy him a pizza, but I don't have time because I have to get to my next thing so I can sit in my house and stare at my phone in between meetings. We're greedy with, we can be greedy with our time. That might be something you struggle with. Be greedy with our love. It's really easy to be greedy with your love and limit who you love. Maybe not limit who you feel love towards, but I think we limit who we show love towards. And wasn't it Jesus that said, love your neighbor as yourself? It's one of his commands. We need to love everyone as ourselves. And that's another thing I think it's really easy to be greedy with is, is our time. You can't, or our love. You can't have any more of my love. Um, Matt, when he led worship, hit it right on the head. I think we're greedy with our heart as well. 
And that's not, I guess, out of a, a place of greed. That's not the big motivator for us, not letting people into our heart and Jesus into parts of our heart. I think that's uh, part of our past and being hurt, but it's still something that we then, the outcome and the symptom of that hurt is I'm going to guard myself. I'm not letting you in. I'm not letting God in. This is untouchable. I'm not changing. And then we're greedy with parts of our heart as well. And we build up walls and we build up barriers. And then those barriers lead to lies that we project back on ourselves. Greedy with our hearts. Greedy with, we can be greedy with our time. Greedy with our love. We can be greedy with relationships. I don't have time for more friends. Or I don't want to reach out to this person. I just want to sit at home and watch The Office through for the 50th time. <laughs> Am I talking to myself? Maybe. I don't have the capacity to have another relationship, another person I'm pouring into. It seems like this thing that just takes and takes and takes, and so we're greedy with our relationships, and I'm not going to let you into my life. I don't want to be into your life. We just Let's just be on the same page and exist next to each other. That's fine. Relationships, we can be greedy. Jesus says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. So I wonder this morning, the question you can ask yourself is, what am I greedy with? We all have a bend towards something that we're greedy with. Maybe it's something I mentioned. Maybe it's not. I think another thing that we get greedy with often is the gospel. I'm not going to share the gospel with that person because they're not ready to hear it yet. Or I don't have time. You know, and, and no, Jesus says be on your guard against all kinds of greed. It's not just with possessions and stuff, though it is. There's a long list of things that we can so easily be greedy with, that I can so easily be greedy with. So what are you greedy with? You can write it down or just answer it mentally. Maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking it to you right now and revealing it to your heart. This is what I'm greedy with. Um, and I want you to ask yourself that, and I want you to indicate what it is because the greatest step toward breakthrough on, in any subject is awareness. Awareness of an issue is always not the first step, but the greatest step. Maybe it is the first step, but it's, it is the biggest step toward breakthrough on anything is awareness. Now that I'm aware of something, I can work on it and I can surrender it and I can let God have it. Awareness is the greatest step towards breakthrough. So when I answer the question, what am I greedy with? That awareness brings almost the solution is, is just right there, right in front of us. What are you greedy with? When I'm aware, I can, I can work on it. And listen, I can stop feeding my greed. 
I would say, even though it's hard, the way to fight our greed is to indicate where we're greedy and what we're susceptible to and stop feeding it and cut it off. If you're greedy with possessions, stop buying stuff. Just, I'm not talking about soap. Buy soap so you don't smell. <laughs> In my, I've been preaching for like, what, four years, and peop, I've learned, sometimes you have to say that, because at least in youth ministry, student would come just reeking the next week. You said stop buying. No, no, not that. Put deodorant on. <laughs> but if you're, if you're greedy with possessions, stop buying stuff. Yeah, maybe you need a winter coat. Buy a new winter coat if you need a new one. You don't need six leather jackets and five Carhartts. Stop buying stuff. Because in the areas that we're greedy, the more we do it, the more we do it. I know I just blew your mind. That was so, but literally... The more, the more we do it, <laughs> the more we do it. The more I have, the more I have and the more I want. The less I have, the less I have, and the less I want. In every area. So if I'm greedy with my time, the less I'm greedy with my time, the less free time that I want. If I'm greedy with relationships, same thing. So the way that you do it, the way that you stop it is you do have discipline to just simply stop. Because as the Southern Baptist preacher said, when you feed your greed, you won't succeed. No, but we got to stop feeding into the areas that we're greedy because then it only grows. It only keeps on growing. But when we know what, where we're greedy, we can address the problem. When we know where we're greedy, we can address the problem. Um, just about every other week, I have car problems. And now I have motorcycles, and I know how to fix those. I can do it, and I enjoy it. You open the hood of a car, and it's like looking into another solar system. I don't have any idea what's going on. So I have to keep bringing my car in, and they diagnose the problem, and then they fix the problem. And I'm like, are you really fixing the problem? Because I'm getting in there next week, too. But how could we know what to fix if we didn't diagnose what's going wrong? Or if your transmission is slipping, you don't need new tires. Fix your transmission. Or get a new car if it's a cheap car. <laughs> Probably cheaper. We need to figure out where we're greedy so we can diagnose where we're greedy and take care of the issue and let Jesus work on it and Jesus work on our hearts. Because our greed, listen, is insatiable. 
I cannot satisfy my greed. There's nothing you can never, ever have enough, especially of the areas where you're susceptible to greed. There's nothing, no amount of free time, no amount of relationships, no amount of possessions, there's nothing that can satisfy our greed. I remember this one time um, growing up, my best friend was Zach Meyer, and I grew up in Upper Michigan. And up in the UP, you didn't do much for fun because there was nothing to do, and there was barely any people. Um, and half the people were literally drunk all the time. So like, you had half of half of the people. And so Zach and me are exact opposites, which is hilarious. Uh, he is very strong and like kind of burly and manly. And I am not very strong and not very burly. That's not a pity thing where you have to come and build me up afterwards. I'm secure and confident. But uh, yeah, and Zach perpetually has a buzz cut. My hair is usually longer. Um, Zach has zero tattoos. I have a couple of tattoos. I mean, you go down the line. And me and him are, are literally the exact opposites. Hilarious. So Zach, though, a great area where we're opposites is Zach as a psychotic who enjoys exercise. And I do not enjoy exercise. I see the need for exercise, and I enjoy the outcome of exercise, but I don't enjoy the process. And this kid loves to work out. And so I'm over at his house. We're bored. There's nothing to do. It's like 95 degrees out, 100% humidity, one of those days, where you walk out and you feel like the sun is going through you, and you can feel it on your bones. You know what I'm talking about? And Zach says, let's go for a run. And I'm like, what on earth? Why? But we do because there's literally nothing better to do. Um, and so we go on a run. And like half of the run is on these back trails through the forest, which was pretty cool. Um, running through the woods. Uh, yeah, it was cool. And um, there's a side story that we don't have time to get into. Zach there was this crazy dog chasing us, and Zach punted the dog. That's a whole nother thing. Um, but we, we get, first half is fun, you know, adventures. Then we get to the second half of this run, and it's just on the highway. And it's hot. And there's blacktop. Everything bad. And I'm running, and, like, you know, you can feel and see the heat. And I literally thought, I'm not going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to make it back. Zach's gone way ahead of me because he's in shape, and he left me behind. So I'm just continuing to run. I can't breathe hardly. I can't swallow because my throat is so dry, and I just feel like I'm swelling up. Um, and finally, though, the Lord helped me. I don't know what happened, but I made it to his house. And I just remember walking in, and just falling on the ground and just having, you have, I had nothing left. And I'm laying there and I did all, with all my power, I drug myself over to the fridge and just started chugging water. And there was nothing, there was no amount of water in that moment that I could drink. It was going to quench my thirst. I was just so thirsty. And I, I don't know how many cups of water I drank. 
and eventually, like two days later, I felt okay. But I'm still mad. I'm still mad at him. Um, in the moment, though, there was there was no amount of water that could quench my thirst, and so it is with greed. It's insatiable. We cannot satisfy our greed. It's an endless thing, and the more we feed it, the deeper uh, we we're dug into it. So maybe Jesus is on to something when he says to be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Because we can't. It will never satisfy us. It's an endless, endless pursuit. Band, you can go ahead and come up. I told you guys I was going to start to preach less than an hour. But when I think about that, that my, grade is, or my greed is insatiable, I just wonder why. Why can't I satisfy my greed? Why can't I do that? Why does it seem like it's an endless thing? I think it's because it's in our human nature to be discontent. I think it's a symptom of living in a fallen, broken world. It's a symptom of us uh, living in being born into sin, a sinful world. Symptom is, is discontent. I think we're actually all born with, with discontent. Another word that I like actually better than discontent is a feeling of being incomplete. We're all born with this feeling of, I am not complete. And then our lives seem to be this journey of trying to complete ourselves. I'm born incomplete, so I'm on my lifelong journey of finding uh, what completes me and what makes my soul feel fulfilled. And then what do we do? We search down every area Possessions, money, people, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, job, car, house, friends, Instagram followers. You fill in the blank and we look for things to complete us. Because we're born incomplete. And so on this journey looking for completion, listen, everything that we turn to for completion, everything that we turn to for identity, everything that we turn to for purpose besides Jesus is an idol. And that's why our greed is insatiable because we're trying to satisfy a part and complete a part of ourselves that can only be completed by relationship with Jesus. And so our lives become a journey for completion, and the answer is Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It's always going to be Jesus. He's the only one that can satisfy us. He's the only one that can make us complete. He's the only one that can make us feel whole. It doesn't matter how many relationships we have if they're void of Jesus. It doesn't matter how much stuff we have if our hearts are void of Jesus. But listen, even when we follow Jesus, I need to tell someone that you need to let Jesus have all of your heart. 
We can't follow Jesus half-heartedly and think, Jesus, I'm going to let you complete most of me, and I'm going to continue to search for, for the rest of my completeness in stuff on this earth. Listen, it will not happen. Only Jesus can satisfy. You will not feel complete in your calling. You will only feel complete in Jesus. Stop searching for a calling. Stop searching for your ideal job. Stop searching for your ideal career. Stop searching for your ideal spouse and start searching for the presence of God because when you search for the presence you will always find it because God is good and when we call on his name he always answers the only one that can satisfy us is Jesus we were born incomplete so that we could choose to complete ourselves in him see the choice that's the beauty of our relation with God is he made us incomplete so that we could choose to let him in. So our love and our relationship with him is boiled down to a choice, but that choice will change your life. So I just have two, two uh, action steps are two possible steps for us to do this morning. If you follow Jesus and, and you're struggling with greed or covetousness, I'll say it one more time. If you're struggling in that area, a very simple, practical way of helping is pray the Lord's Prayer every single day. Pray the Lord's Prayer every single day. It's in the Gospels. You can Google it. The Lord's Prayer, it'll come up. It's where Jesus modeled prayer to his disciples. And he said, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. That's the biggest thing when it comes to greed. God, give me my daily bread. Look at that. That doesn't mean, that means food. That means what I need. That means shelter, clothes. Give me my daily bread and let me be satisfied with that. Then I don't need anything else. It's not bad to have other stuff. It's bad to put your identity and your completeness in other stuff. So when I'm complete and I'm whole and I'm fulfilled in Christ, then everything else is just the cherry on top. And I think that's how life is meant to be enjoyed. That's how our stuff can truly be enjoyed. That's how your relationships with people can truly be enjoyed. That's how your marriage will be, will be truly enjoyed. When I'm complete in Jesus, then, then being uh, complete in this other person is a joy. They're not, they don't complete me. They're just the cherry on top and a joy to do life with because I'm complete and I'm whole. That's how you have grace with people is you get complete in God. That's how, that's how you have grace for your boss and your dead-end job that you hate going to is you can get, get your heart complete in God. That's, that's how you have purpose in your job is you get your heart complete in God. Then you show up to, to love people and to serve people and to spread the light and the love of Jesus. It all starts from a place of fulfillment and completeness in God. And the best way that I remind myself every day is I pray the Lord's Prayer. Like I said, Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespassers as we forgive those who trespass against us. We should do, we probably will do a sermon series unpacking that. But that's a perspective shifting. 
identity, life-giving, fulfilling prayer to pray over our life. Another thing you can do if you don't follow Jesus and, and you're not in right relationship with God is you can give your life to Jesus. Maybe you've been searching in your whole life. You felt okay, but there's this slight void, this slight gap, this slight thing that's missing. I feel incomplete. The completeness, I feel we're created by God to be in relation with him. And as I said earlier, he's given us the choice to, to, to fulfill that, that uh, communion that, that we're meant to have with him. He's given us the choice to come to him. And our access to him is through Jesus. Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life. And, and, and Jesus died on the cross so that through his sacrifice, our sins can be atoned for so that we can be one with God. So through Jesus, we can have completeness and wholeness and satisfaction in God. So if you're in here this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, and that's you, you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Or I want to come back to Jesus. Maybe you've been following half-heartedly and you want to say, I want to give my whole heart to you, Jesus. I want to start today. No one's looking around. Just lift up your hand saying, Jesus, this is when it starts. I'm new today. I'm made new. I'm made whole. I'm made complete. I don't need any more. Awesome. Just going to go ahead and pray. Jesus, we just thank you for, for the people who responded, Lord. God, I pray that uh, they'll be fulfilled, they'll be satisfied, they'll be content, they'll be complete in you this morning. God, you are our completeness. You are our satisfaction. You are our fulfillment. So we look to you and we lean into you today. We ask this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Real quick, before we go into worship, just want to remind us too, as we follow Jesus, Jesus is Savior. So Jesus gives us grace and he saves us from our sin. He saves us from death. Yes, he's Savior. He's Lord of our life. But an important component that we often miss in our lives is Jesus is not only Savior, he's our teacher. Jesus is, is my savior and my teacher. So following Jesus is not only living underneath his grace, that's one part, and experiencing his presence, that's one part, but it's also disciplining my life to look more like his and to follow his teachings. Because Jesus is not my savior only, he's also my teacher. And so that's why we like to equip us to follow Jesus better because I want Jesus, Jesus is my teacher and helps me live my life better when I become more like him. And so that's why we're doing the daily readings, putting these out. Uh, we're working on some, just some pieces of paper that are gonna do the month layout. And then also on the back of them, it's gonna be, uh, a way to read the Bible, uh, uh, just an easy, practical way that you can do devotions, just to help you in your life. You don't have to do it the way that, that I do it. It's just, it's just how I do it. So I want to share it with you guys and equip us to follow Jesus well as teacher. Because when we follow him as teacher, he's always our savior. But I think we can follow him as only savior. And then when he's only our savior, it's easy to let other things be our teacher. And so I just want to follow Jesus well, and I want to have a consistent walk with him. That's what changes my life. And then the experiences and the encounters, church, his presence are, are all just the cherry on top 
of me following him, of you following him well. And so I really want to encourage us, do your, do your, your daily reading, some sort of time with Jesus every day. Because that's what will change your life.